With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From the Middle is proud to be a founding member of Odd Pods Media. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode number 242 of From the Middle. We're a comedy, culture, entertainment, interview-style podcast hosted by three middle-class guys in the middle of America in the middle chapters of our lives with a point of view that's somewhere in the middle. In this episode, there is a celebrity that has finally seen the light and is super excited about Lego and Legoland, and we are super excited to tell you about it. Probably one of the most fun social etiquette questions we've done in a while how much is too much food to bring from a restaurant into another restaurant when you're meeting friends or family? We go long on that one, and it's super fun. Uh, we also talk about some of the things we're streaming, a new comedy special, and why we're afraid to do anything that might even be kind of dangerous at our old age. Enjoy this episode. We sure had a lot of fun and think you will, too. Don't forget to comment below, weigh in, email, leave a voicemail, text us. We would love to hear from you. It's our favorite part of this podcast. Have a great week. <coughs> oh, for the love. Sorry, just clearing my Mountain Dew hole. I got my phone hole clean today. That's where you keep it? You're so cerebral and you're so developed and evolved. Okay, so we're going to get the uh, the eyebrows out right off the top here because I want to talk wrestling. Yes. A little bit. There's been, I don't know exactly what to make of this development, but The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, he, every year it seems he makes, he makes some sort of cameo appearance. He was priding himself on fighting a match year after year. That has since stopped movie career and he actually got injured which had to delay filming for something and ever since then movie makers were like the rock be in our movie and you're not allowed to fight and uh and so he comes out and he teases on the very first episode of raw of the year um he comes out and and teases that he wants to fight roman reigns who's like top dog right now in wwe and and people are going all crazy nuts about this. And then insiders are saying it looks like this might actually happen, guys. And so we're all we're all kind of like wondering what's going on here. And then at the same time, there's a guy who came back a year, two years ago, a year ago, Cody Rhodes. Some might might remember Dusty Rhodes, his father. Uh-huh. And he comes back with this whole tearjerker of a story of how he has this this story that he's walking through and he wants to become um, universal champion and, 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 and win his dad's belt. And, uh, and so he had his chance last year and failed. And then now he won the Royal rumble for the second year in a row this year. And so he's getting to choose his WrestleMania main event, which belt he's going to choose. And people have always assumed it was going to be the universal championship. So the rock comes into play now because that, that belt that he's chasing belongs to Roman Reigns and the rock has come in and said, no, I want to fight Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. I don't care about Cody Rhodes and his story. The WWE universe, the fans have gotten caught up. So caught up in the Cody Rhodes story that what I thought would never happen has happened. There was a particular dust up that had happened. and. The the following, I think it was SmackDown, um, came on and, and Seth Rollins is opening the show, giving a monologue, and a Rocky Sucks chant starts happening. The WWE Universe has turned on The Rock, and they want to see Cody Rhodes finish his story instead of seeing The Rock fight Roman Reigns 
at WrestleMania. Wow. And and the WWE, I don't know if they planned it that way. They probably did. Or if they're just going with it, because now, like, we're seeing The Rock every week now coming out to say something on a microphone, and he's doing all of the typical heel stuff, insulting the crowd, calling them trailer park trash, he's not wrong, and and doing all of these things. He's doing all of the typical heel stuff to make people hate him, and it's working. And now, my assumption is people just love to hate him, and obviously, like, the people in the stands are playing along with the game because it's, like, it's, it's fun to hate The Rock right now. Because at the end, when he starts doing his, like, if you smell what the rock is cooking, like, they're all still doing it along with him at the top of their lungs, right? Right, right. And he does the heel thing where he stops and says, no, shut up. You don't deserve to do this with me kind of kind of stuff. But uh, the rock has turned heel. And wow. people are embracing the fact that he's heel and they don't want to see him and Roman Reigns as much as they want to see Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. End of rant. I'm super excited about this development. Uh, is Seth Rollins still heel? No, no, he's not. Whoa. So what's what's his role in all this then? So he is the uh oh they they made a new championship belt. Um because the circumstances had happened and SmackDown found itself without a championship belt. And so they they created one last year and they had this big playoff to be the first holder, and Seth Rollins is that guy and still is. No one else has had this belt so far. But they've um, they've hyped it up now to the point where it's like it's where it should be as being like a branded the, for the top heavyweight belt. And uh, so he's still the the whiny narcissist that he was when he went heel, um, but people love it now. And Monday Night Messiah and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, and the the architect. And the architect, yeah. So he's now the the visionary, the revolutionary, <laughs> is oh. what he is now. But he's very much coined himself as like as as the wise guy who like puts everything together. And um, I mean, he was he wants so the 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 top heavyweight belt wearers holders for those who don't know they want to be chosen by the person who won the royal rumble because that means that they get to main event wrestlemania right and so seth rollins had his one-on-one with a microphone in the ring with cody rhodes trying to convince cody rhodes to challenge him himself seth rollins um and uh but but at the end of it like when Cody Rhodes didn't, Seth Rollins very much gave a, I understand, finish the story. You, you got to finish the story or whatever. And then, and then he talks about how, listen, the way Roman Reigns has held that belt for years now is because he's got his family around him and they cheat and they don't let it like the, the you've got the, the, the champion's um, advantage of, if they lose by cheating by disqualification, you don't get their belt. You have to pinfall and uh, or submission. And and so Seth had uh, has now offered to Cody whatever it means that he'll watch his back at WrestleMania. So, a few things from the outsider's perspective: Has anyone tried to get Roman to change his name to No Longer Reigns? Um, has anyone tried that to see if that would help? And two, when the rock is the heel and says, do you smell like tease up the D smell with the rock is cooking? I'm disappointed. The fans haven't done a collective giant fart noise. Right. Right. When he starts that like a big, and then what's he going to do? finish it like, or he's just going to drop the mic and leave. Like, I wouldn't want I wouldn't want that to be my phrase anymore. Anyways, a couple I'd things. I'd imagine like if I would love to see that happen. One of the things that The Rock has been known for is being like unmatchable with his quick wit on the microphone. Mm-hmm. And it'd be great to see what would happen if people in unison could could one giant quick collective 
fart noise, right? As he's yeah. building up that smell with the rock is cooking. Cause yeah. then it's just, then the joke becomes a big dookie and that's all you got. Exactly. Yeah. Real fast. Uh, a, sometimes yeah. I feel like, like there's people on the, on the outskirts of the ring that are like punching up the audience, telling them what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there are other times when the audience clearly go rogue and, yeah. and does what they want. And the, the, the first Rocky sucks chant was clearly one of those. It was, uh, Seth Rollins was doing a monologue and um, and there was just a faint as if it was like 20 people started a, a Rocky Sucks chant and you you saw Seth Rollins break character for a minute almost in confusion like am I hearing what I think I'm hearing <laughs> Like, I, yeah. and then he said on the microphone I, I gotta be honest with you I didn't think I was gonna hear that today <laughs> yeah do you, do you think there's ever plants like 15-20 plants in the audience to get it could be it, that'd be a That'd be a good strategy. Why not? The first, put them, put them around the first 10 or 20 rows, like all the way around the ring and just get them to start, start chance at certain times. Anyways, that's super interesting. I'm so far out of wrestling um, that, uh, but we did talk about a couple weeks ago, how it was coming to Netflix uh, or Netflix. Yeah, it's it's going, it's moving from, well, a couple different places over to Netflix. I could see myself. If that happens, if they bring the whole back catalog of like old pay-per-views, I don't think I'd start watching new stuff, but I definitely could see myself going back and watching old, like some of the classic matches and stuff you've already seen or stuff that like you only got to hear about on the the following day, like because you get the pay-per-view. Yeah, or you like I could stop. You stopped watching right as one storyline was ramping that ended up being like a major milestone moment in pro wrestling, and you never saw that through to fruition. Like, oh, I wanted yeah. to see what happened in that match. Yeah, I could see that. Kendall, do you just do you listen to any uh, pro wrestling podcasts or talking head shows or anything like that? Any side content? No, no. I mean, so, sometimes I'll watch YouTube. They started doing this thing recently, um, or at least it's new to me where after the cameras shut off for raw or smack smackdown like the scene will continue and and sometimes they'll show they'll like come out on youtube on the next day like a youtube exclusive like the 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 last 3 minutes of a confrontation or something that had happened i was i asked because this seems like it would be in an interesting time so, so I imagine there's two types of talking head type shows. There's the kayfabe talking head shows that are pretending like it's it's all still real and it's in care. And then there's yeah. probably like the behind the scenes ones that are like how, what we used to say about Lost. Like the writers of Lost seem to be seeing how the world was reacting on social media to the show and then changing the mm-hmm. storylines accordingly. It would be a real interesting time to like... I'm sure they're going, wow, didn't expect that response. Okay, let's ch- change a few things up here. Whereas the kayfabe uh, podcasts or talking head shows would just be like, they're going to act like the fans are acting and they're going to act like we hate him and they're going to keep right. the stick going. But the ones exactly. that are like, yeah, like the there's, been a clear, be. there's been a clear change of direction here. You can tell based on the the reaction that he's getting or not getting. That's funny. Yeah. I will say that there's like with uh, SmackDown being on Fox right now and uh, and like Pat McAfee, who or no, does he work for Fox? No, he doesn't work for he works for ESPN. Yeah, uh, I I don't know how the, these relationships work out. Pat McAfee is is back to doing uh, SmackDown or Raw. Now I can't I, I'm getting them mixed up now in my head. Um, but he's back to being second chair on one of those shows. And, and now the Pat McAfee show, which airs on ESPN now, um, is periodically having like having wrestlers on and they are very clearly using Pat McAfee's show to continue a storyline. Gotcha. And so they're, they're definitely acting it up in that they're not even trying to like pretend like it's anything else um but like you've got you've got guys ripping up like the pat mcafee set because they're so angry and then that that kind of thing yeah he's the raw uh one of the raw uh announcers that's fascinating well he's fun man i love love pat mcafee 
and there's there's no better person to do color commentary on for WWE than him. Like it's he's great. I just looked at his uh, Instagram bio and it says undefeated at WrestleMania. <laughs> I think awesome. he lasted 21 seconds. Yeah. Can you imagine somebody like hosting a show like that, that they're leveraging as another way to have content, but they're super OCD. So he doesn't let them trash the set. And they're like, I am so angry. I'm going to set this can of soda down on the ground. Because I'm just angry about all the happenings. It's like, but then you pick it up five seconds later. Yeah, I'm so okay, I'm sorry. I'm gonna set your tuna fish sandwich somewhere else than where it was earlier, and you're not gonna be able to find it because that's how much rage and chaos is in me. It'll be neatly packed in the fridge. I'll keep it cool. <laughs> Speaking of going back and watching old shows, Dylan, did you just post on our From the Middle for the Middlers Facebook group that the 90s X-Men is coming back? Or did you see that? Yeah. A few interesting teases for Marvel recently. Um, That was one of those. So X-Men, the cartoon that we grew, one of them that we grew up on. So like Batman, Spider-Man, X-Men were like the big... I was a kid in the 90s and I watched these cartoons, faux show cartoons. Um, they're bringing back X-Men as X-Men 97 and they're picking up where the first series left off, which was the death of Professor X. And so um, you can tell the animation is obviously updated. They're going to make new cartoon episodes and pick up, uh, which is super exciting. So that trailer just launched recently. Go check that out if you're a fan of that. And then Deadpool and Wolverine trailer, uh, which is the third Deadpool installment. And interestingly, uh, this one for uh, Kendall, this big implications, the <laughs> some of the folks working on Deadpool and Wolverine are saying this is gonna, going to um, revive the MCU and uh, clean up some of the messy side of the MCU. So I don't know what that means. Are they going to? kill off some people in the MCU that they don't want to have to tie up loose ends on? Are they going to fix some of the multiverse stuff? I don't know. But X-Men 97 cartoon looks awesome. Deadpool looks awesome. And then uh, they just were teasing the poster with the cast announcements for Fantastic Four. And a a lot of the discussion around Fantastic Four were two things. Casting, which the internet seems to have been reacting mostly positively to for Fantastic Four. And how do you introduce the Fantastic Four now? So in in the sense that where have they been all this time and why are they just now showing up if you're going to bring them in now? Uh, Which seems to kind of be solved by the poster because the poster has this very classic like 50s, 60s vibe. And it looks like um, Ben Grimm is reading uh, a Newsweek or a Time magazine or something from the 50s or 60s. So I don't know if this is going to start in the past and then somehow they will have been lost to time or the multiverse or something and then they're going to show back up. But I think that's how they're going to solve that question. So um, a lot of fun Marvel stuff has been out. And for people who don't know, um, if you're if you're out watching Madam Webs thinking Marvel is terrible, uh, the Venom movies, Morbius, Madam Web, and Craven, none of those movies are in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They're all in Sony's Marvel movies and really have nothing to do with the MCU. So uh, if you're not following us on YouTube, uh, Corey is showing the Fantastic Four kind of poster that has this very cool kind of throwback vibe. The the background, you see Ben as a human in an astronaut concept or a, a suit. Ben is the thing, but that's actually Neil Armstrong. He's just been like photoshopped into Neil Armstrong's astronaut photo. Oh. So it's got very cool kind of like 50s, 60s vibes. Uh, for the Fantastic Four, and then their little robot buddy. I'm blanking on his name right now. but um, So it's cool, man. It's cool stuff. It feels like um, for anyone who is concerned about the MCU being dead, um, if you take out the Sony stuff, which is not really part of the MCU, and um, you see, kind of look at what's coming, um, they've, they've clearly got some cool-looking stuff uh, coming up. So it's going to be fun. What a great time to be alive. It is. So good. 
Okay. How are you guys? What's been going on in life? We're talking about a little entertainment at the top, which is different for us. I love it. Here for it. Well, what's going on in the personal lives? Anything exciting happening? I know. I know we love to dissect social etiquette questions. So we do. It's it's one of our favorite things here on the podcast. So I had a question for you. When does and when does uh, meeting up with food? If you're you're meeting up at a restaurant, say somebody doesn't like the food that's being served. What is the tipping point for carrying in food from a different restaurant to a meeting place restaurant? What a, what what's too much? What's not allowed? I think as an example, this this was happening at fast food. So it didn't feel like a big deal. There was about eight of us. One person didn't want the food we were having, so they brought their own. Didn't feel like a big deal, but there was even some discussion about, oh, what did they say when you brought it in? And it's like, oh, I didn't even say anything. I just walked in and sat down over here. So like, clearly there was some, even a little bit of debate about should it have happened or should it not have. And I was thinking to myself, I wouldn't even have said anything for one person. You know, like if eight of you, if there's eight people and seven are eating and one person brings in outside food, not a big deal, but there's a lot of variables. Our dad, Corey and I, our dad did that with us when we were little at like a Chinese restaurant. We carried in burgers and fries. Uh, and, uh, and so I just, your thoughts, what's, what's the tipping point when, what percentage of the what percentage of the group has to be eating the food? It, it, can you never do it at a nice restaurant? Is it only fast food? There's got to be some rules here. I feel like <laughs> to this carrying in food thing because even at a McDonald's, there was some discussion around like some assumption that we a manager was asked a a, a seventeen year old manager was asked <laughs> who does not <laughs> care from, right from somewhere else and it's like all the movie theater people that are like we know you bring in food we just don't care as long as you don't make it obvious like that seems to be the recurring theme but I don't know it was funny that there was conversation around it in and of itself at fast food and I had to bring it up wow. So this happened recently, a friend of mine, I was at McDonald's with my boys inside and a guy walks in who is my friend. I didn't recognize him right away, Um, but he's talking about how like, yeah, we went through the drive through and we asked for a chicken nugget, happy meal. We got it. We got a burger instead and in my mind i'm thinking okay i mean we've all been there before like oh wrong thing so you pull around and park but here he was with this picky eater kid who only eats chicken nuggets they were across a busy street his family they had sat down already at at a mod pizza so still not a fancy place a hipster fast food place and uh, but their kid who only eats chicken nuggets, they drew a went through the drive through to get him a chicken nugget happy meal. They were already at mod, sat down, and he got in his car, drove back across the street, walked into McDonald's to exchange it to get his kid his chicken mm-hmm. nuggets, and then went back. And in that scenario, if it's a kid, I don't think anybody cares, even if it's a slightly more upscale, like a like a normal sit down restaurant. Maybe not like a super fancy like Lindy's, not maybe not something like that, but like Olive Garden, no one cares. If so. it's if it's a kid, if it's for a kid, if it's for a picky yeah. eater kid. Um, I have my own opinions on whether or not it's a good parenting choice, but <laughs> yeah, I don't just strike me as my dad bought his cheeseburgers instead of making us eat Chinese food, people. Yeah. Um <laughs> I don't disagree with you, but, but I'm just I'm trying to imagine myself carrying my kid a, a happy meal into an Olive Garden, and even that feels kind of like ugh. I think. Well, so I'm trying to do this from like a third person perspective. Like yeah. I I too would feel so self conscious that I wouldn't do it, okay. um, even if I on principle would do it. I like I I wouldn't because 
I'd be too self-conscious to do so. I would have that inner feeling. But I feel like on the outside looking in, if I saw someone else come in, like bringing in chicken nuggets for their kid, I I don't perceive that the restaurant's going to care. Yeah. And I don't see anything wrong with it. I feel so like we fun. almost have to remove kids from the examples and just say it's a so group it's, of friends. If it's a group of friends, my advice to somebody, well, again, if it's a fast food joint, okay, it's a group of friends. If it's walking into a McDonald's, again, I don't care about adult, even if half the adults bring something else in, I wouldn't, that wouldn't bother me. Then I think it just, everything just kind of like shifts down a level. So then like, but at Olive Garden, like put your big boy pants and just on and just like, just eat before you get there I like after you're done. And have drinks while you're there. Like those are those are your options. Then if you're, I like adult, that all of a sudden Olive Garden is our standard for like <laughs> Olive Garden is okay. the middle road. Okay, it's the middle road. Here's the question: So the three of us and our spouses, no children. I walk in with a bag of Chipotle, open my bowl as at the table <laughs> as you, as as you guys are getting salad and breadsticks brought over. I'm stirring my beans and rice. Yeah, it, yeah. And I've got I've got a twenty ounce coke that I pull out and I unscrew the cap and I'm sitting there like, what are you thinking? What's going on the inside? I'm thinking you should have eaten that before you got here or waited until after we left. That's what I'm thinking on on the outside. Again, probably like most people, I say nothing. Uh, In that situation, all of us. The six of us in that scenario, the three of us and our wives care more than anybody working there. Yes, I would say that. But I'm going to still make eye contact with the server when she clocks you doing that and give one of these like, "Ah, sorry. Yeah. Faces. Because it's like you have to acknowledge. We love him. We love him anyway. (laughs) He does this. Yeah. So when you first posed the question, my I had a very logical response, and that was, as long as over 50% of the people in your party, I'm assuming there's no kids there, it's all roughly equal age peoples, as long as over 50% of the people have the food or are buying the food of the place you're sitting in, then it's fine. And then I thought, no one cares anyway. So as long as one person in your party is buying food from that place, then I think it's fine if it's fast food. If it's fast food. The other the other consideration is, is this a area where there's a lot of restaurants next door to one another? Or did you bring this from 10 miles out? (laughs) Yeah. Or did you pack a lunch from home? Did you pack a lunch from home? Yeah. If it's like the equivalent of a mall food court where there's so many fast food restaurants next to each other, then it's like you went into the Molly woos with, with something. (laughs) Then it's well, like when we were in California, I wanted in and out, but my family wanted Chick-fil-A. So I went and got in and out and took it into Chick-fil-A where they were already seated. Yeah. Cause they were right next to each other. Literally you had to walk across the drive through lane to get to the other I was like, they yeah. probably see this all the time. And like I said before, none of these teenagers care. Yeah. I, I think I think the a couple quick rules uh, that we've established. If it's fast food, no one probably cares. All bets are off. Use whatever restroom. Use whatever restroom no you want. Bring whatever food. In <laughs> and actually, and I think, I think now what benefits you all fast casual now gets bumped down and lumped into fast food for this for these purposes yeah so panera is fast food panera is fast food five guys is fast food chipotle is fast food yeah for purposes of this i don't view them any different they have very casual dining situations right um mid-tier restaurants were saying kids are probably excluded and no one cares yeah i think though the the fancier it is the funnier it gets carrying the mcdonald's (laughs) 100 in (laughs) Like at that point, you almost wish you had a small brown bag to just dump it in and just try to like casually carry this in. Or you try to qualify it with some of your uh, own little other rules. Like, I promise I'm not going to use your silverware. So you're not going to have to launder a napkin. I do want some of your dessert. I'll get a piece of cheesecake. (laughs) Yeah. My, so that was, that was another question. So let's say the Chipotle example at Olive Garden. Let's say 
waiter waiter comes around to me. I'm slovenly eating my Chipotle while my wife is ordering. And then I say, hey, we're we're together. I'll I brought in my own. Sorry, I'll throw an extra tip for us. She'll just be on a bill for just us. Do you think that buys you any literally buys you out of the situation a little bit? Like if if my wife's dish is, you know, twenty dollars with drink and dish and I put like a ten dollar tip down. Do you think the, the server walks away caring less? Maybe if you. Yeah. If you like take whatever your wife's meal is, double, double that and double then calculate it. your normal tip. You, you can kind of buy your way out of it. Yeah. Right? Like any sort of any sort of story sh- that server might have told walking away, maybe now they're that's a little hush money. Do you think like <laughs> I was going to mock this guy in the kitchen, but like he threw ten dollars down on a twenty dollar bill. So uh, maybe he's not so bad. He, <laughs> yes, it's probably an allergy thing. And I'm know? going to throw in an extra two dollars because let's be honest, I'm going to eat some of the breadsticks. Yeah, this this feels like you guys telling me I didn't need to write the neighbor at my hotel room a note explaining that I might be a little louder that later that evening because I was recording a podcast. Like, why can't we all just live our lives and like not care what people think? Uh, Wouldn't it be nice? A restaurant isn't a restaurant without borders. And we wouldn't have a podcast if there was nothing. (laughs) Okay, let me ask you this. You're with a group of friends. You haven't eaten yet. And you have food door dashed to the place and they meet you at the front door. That is amazing. I so think now, you can... now you walk in front of the counter in front of the people to grab other food that you had brought to you. I, well, I, I envision a Donato's delivery man, like walking in to like the, the hostess desk and just saying, yeah, this is uh, can you point me to table 14? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Dylan. Picking up? No, no, no. Dropping off. <laughs> that's that's an interesting question because you have the ability to really make it significantly more or less awkward based on your instructions. So, like, if if they're willing to DoorDash to a restaurant, let's say some restaurants, like, there's a door close to the bathrooms and the, the people at the counter can't even see you walking in or out. You could say, hey meet me outside by the side, you know, meet me outside the side doors near the restrooms versus please bring the food to the front cashier and let them know that Dylan's food is here. (laughs) (laughs) Because yours is garbage. Yeah. Yeah. So I think you have the ability to like drastically or like text me when you're close and I'll meet you outside versus yeah, yeah, just take it up and set it on the front counter and I'll meet you up there. It's mm-hmm. wildly different. Or could you walk all the way into the Olive Garden? I'm at the back corner of the restaurant in a banquet room. Uh, please bring my pizza back to the banquet room. Also we, need to, we need to hear from the middlers on this one. So before we go to break, folks, we need your thoughts on this. What's the protocol here? What criteria have we not considered? Would you do it? Would you not do it? And then what about the DoorDash food delivery to another place. Would love to hear your thoughts. Details are below all the ways you can get a hold of us. Call in, leave a voicemail, text, email, uh, comment below. We would love to hear your thoughts. Let's hear some words from some of our friends at Odd Pods Media, and we'll be right back. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey there. I'm Dave, the host of Beer in Front Sometimes the beer in front of you is the best one yet. I'll talk about some old school beers that maybe you've forgotten about, some new beers that have the potential to be a classic. I'll also talk to various people around the beer world and get their stories all about beer. That's Beer in Front, and it's available on all of your favorite podcast apps. So speaking of podcasts that love to break down etiquette, I was listening to Pete and Sebastian this past week, 
Sebastian Maniscalco took his family to Legoland. Now, a month or two ago, he took his family to Disney, paid for a VIP backstage all access, no line experience, and bashed it. Like, it still wasn't worth it. These people, I don't know how some people afford to go here. It's just white trash everywhere you look. The rides weren't worth it. He was getting a little judgy, but in a comedic way. So I was like, oh, no, what's he going to say about Legoland? He wraps up his story with, and I can't wait to go back. He absolutely loved it, was blown away by the big builds. They went to some behind the scenes thing where a guy who builds a lot of the the decor and stuff for the theme park was explaining his process and he started in and this type of field and here's why he got into lego so later in that episode and then again in their next episode sebastian mentioned that he started building lego sets with his kids and seraphina seraphina his oldest daughter his oldest and daughter was finishing a set and he was helping her. And he said, do you know the sense of satisfaction I get now from completing a Lego set? He's like, I want to throw my hands up and go, I did it. I did this. (laughs) And finally, the last point on Lego, it was tangentially related. They have a big enough house that when one of them gets sick, they can sort of sequester themselves into one of the rooms. Sebastian just got over another round of COVID. And that event inspired him to create what he calls sick bags, which is like the the equivalent of a go bag with everything you would need for any type of illness. NyQuil, vitamin D or vitamin C tablets, waters, extra Kleenex, all this stuff that you could just grab that go bag, go to that room, shut the door and you'd be fine for days. And then they were talking about what are the things you could put in there, a puzzle, and he brings Lego back up and he goes, no, I'm going to put Lego sets in there so that when I'm in the room, I can have Lego sets in my go bag. And I thought I had to convey this uh, new reality to you guys that Sebastian is a big Lego fan. Yeah. We've covered this before. I think Sebastian is secretly a big middle fan. Right. And this is just another symptom. Yeah. Next, he's going to be talking about the new college football video game and how much things <laughs> Ohio yeah. State. Have you guys heard about this NCAA? <laughs> this thing is nuts. Yeah. Now that I got Pete's email, I'm still working on getting him on the podcast, but I thought you guys would get a kick out of that. He has That's seen awesome. the light. Yeah. He has seen the light that is Lego. Well, the thing is, especially with some of the new sets that they're building that are like, all ages welcome um they're building incredible stuff so people that are kind of kids at heart or you know uh, some of these things are just too cool regardless of your age to not sit and stare at the box and go whoa this is freaking awesome uh but speaking of getting too old i had a moment where i don't know if you guys have had any any instance like this physically with something so stupid like i did i was walking out of we got dinner tonight and I'm walking out, and we're going a- around the car to get in the car at different sites. And one of the little concrete parking barrier things, I don't know what they're called. You know what they're like they're, at the front bumper? Yeah, bumper? the front bumper. One of those, one of those yeah. is at an angle, not where it's supposed to be, yeah. and kind of felt like a stepping stone to like step to, to balance beam it and step yeah. at an angle to walk around and open the door. So I thought, this is fun. As I started doing it, I realized I'm gonna be whimsical. it was too narrow and I didn't fall off, but I almost fall off. And it was the first time in my life that I went, I'm getting too old for this. Like <laughs> I'm one, I'm one, <laughs> I'm one parking concrete balance beam walk away from breaking a hip or like a <laughs> bone. And I'm going to be like, it wasn't worth it. I it was the first time I thought in my I actually had the thought in my it's not like when you get hurt and you're like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. But like I didn't get hurt and I went, and I gotta quit doing this. Balancing. <laughs> I gotta because it's because it's not like I was thinking about it on the way home, kind of laughing at how dumb I am. 
And I was thinking, it's not like I'm, oh, guys, I went to Hawaii and they had one of those tight walks with the things and you hold on and you're doing that. It's not like I would have even had a good story if I had hurt myself. Like, oh, man, I slipped and I twisted my ankle. But gosh, I was 200 feet above the jungle and it was incredible. I would have been like. I was walking out of the pizza shop and I stepped on one of the parking things and twisted my ankle and broke my hip. I just, (laughs) the stupidity of it would have, I, so then I just had that moment where I'm like, I don't, I, I, that's the first time as I'm, I'm not old, none of us are old, but it's the first time when people around you get dumb injuries that you go, I gotta not do this stuff. Yeah. It's going to have been a dumb injury. That is, there's a physiological difference between us 20 years ago and us now. Yeah. Oh, because the kid in you would have tried it and taken on any challenge. Well, it fell and would have been fine. The top of it looks too thin, all the more challenge. And I'm going, I could have just thought, like, misjudged how wide I thought that was. Anyways, I thought you would find that amusing. Um, Getting old. And um, I, I'm much better reserved to building Lego and enjoying the majesty of a cool set. I'll, I'll say that. Well, I remember having a similar thought. I, I used to rollerblade back in the day around the campus that was in our small little hometown. There was lots of beautiful paved walkways around ponds and around campus. And I used to skate and I even used to wax up the curbs and try to grind the curbs. And I kept the skates and I got some nice skates and I've put them on from time to time throughout the years. And then, uh, uh, Lily, my oldest was getting into skating and I thought I'll throw the old skates on and just show her what's up. Like I still got it. So I was going up and down the street. No big deal. Like a year later, I go to put the skates on again and I'm like, my driveway is a pretty steep decline down to the road. And if I, if I, it's not I'm worried about getting hurt or the fall itself. It's the recovery time. <laughs> I'm like, exactly. Yeah. I'm at an age now where that would take family. me that would take <laughs> me out of the game. I ride a motorcycle, but I'm like, I'm not gonna put these rollerblades on because if I go down, I can't work. I can't like you you start considering those things and you're like, yeah, this no. is silly. Is my life insurance policy up today? <laughs> I, did I sign the form? That's right. What does it say about rollerblading? It's really steep. It's it's. I don't want to. I tell you, there's. <laughs> I have, I have broken or sprained, not counting this last time that I'm about to mention something three times in my life, and all three of those were related to playing basketball feels fine to tell people I broke my hand because I was going in for a layup and a guy came in swatting, missed the ball, nailed my hand so hard that it broke my hand. That story, I'm not ashamed to tell that to people. I sprained my ankle because I was doing this jump spin and came down funny and rolled over my ankle. I'm okay telling people that. When I was a kid, I was doing drills and fell backwards and went to catch myself with my hand, which they tell you not to do, but no one told me yet not to do that. And I broke my wrist. I'm okay telling people all of those. They all, they're bas- they're, they're sports related. Super Bowl Sunday, I'm setting up tables, sprained my wrist. <laughs> yeah. Dude. That one does not feel good to tell people. It does not feel good to tell people that one. Yeah, we have so, a, uh, a, a, well, it's a baby gate, but we use it as a dog gate at the bottom of our stairs to prevent the dogs from going up or down the stairs whenever we don't want them to. Yeah. And sometimes just to be a goofball, I'll just put my hand on the banister and just jump over that thing on my way down. So from like the third step, I'm just jumping over the baby gate dog gate thing and landing on the ground and spinning around 180 degrees and going to the kitchen. Well, I do that one morning and a pain goes from my tailbone all the way up to the base of my skull. Oh, it stings. And for like six weeks, I couldn't turn my head in a certain direction. And when I get to the chiropractor, she goes, Dr. Amanda, she goes, what did you do? And I go, I, I jumped, jumped from the third step 
And she goes, and then what? And I go, no, that was the end of the story. I just, I just <laughs> j- jumped from the third step to be silly. And she goes, yeah, maybe don't, maybe don't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah. That's how I was feeling with the treachery of the parking lot thing. So oh, what were you trying to do? Just trying to balance beam on the top of the parking lot concrete thing. <laughs> oh. So back to Sebastian real quick. One of the things he was impressed by at Legoland was the five foot Titanic Lego set. Oh, and speaking of getting older, my middle child turned 14 uh, this past week. And when her mother asked what she would like to do, do you want to do something with friends? Do you want to go to a special restaurant? She really liked the idea of an escape room. Now, no, no one in our family has ever done an escape room. Uh, we know what they are and how they work. We've just never done one. And my wife said, I'll make all the arrangements, but I ain't going. Because <laughs> she gets a little claustrophobic and she doesn't like it when she's not in control. I don't mean that in a negative way, but like when they're when you're not when you don't have a say of what's going on. She doesn't like that. Easy way so to sprain her ass. She's like. Would you be willing to take her? So back to the Titanic. This was a Titanic-themed escape room in downtown Columbus. So okay. 4 o'clock on Friday afternoon, we go the opposite way of rush hour traffic, head down into the heart of our fair city, find this little uh, place uh, on High Street, and uh, me, my daughter, and two of her friends in an escape room. Really fun time overall. Super fun. Loved how they did it. The first room, if you remember the original Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory with Gene Wilder, you remember the room that's like, it looks like it's in perspective, uh, but it's Mm -hmm. not. It's all warped. And then as he goes back into the room, it looks like he's getting bigger because the room is actually getting smaller. The first room was kind of like that. It was all at weird angles. The floor was at a different angle and they explain how the game's going to work. All right, you guys have one hour. Uh, There's going to be a short video. We're going to leave. Lock this door. You get three hints, as will be uh, uh, symbolized up on the TV screen there with the timer, with three Titanic icons. So you only get three hints. If you want more hints, we're going to make you do something silly for extra hints. We don't know how silly that could be. I imagine that the people running the establishment can have fun with that when they have a rowdy bunch of drunk college students that come in. They can really have some fun with that. But it was just a dad and three teenage girls. So I I imagine they would be kind. But then they said uh, they didn't say how many rooms there were or how how much we had to do. But the mission was essentially uh, there's this rich guy on the Titanic and he's got some diamonds in a safe in his suite. You need to retrieve those diamonds and get off the Titanic before it sinks because they are expecting these diamonds as a form of payment for his massive department store. I think it was basically Macy's uh, in New York when the Titanic arrives. And so that's our mission. And it was a lot of fun. And it was weird, right? Because I want to take a back seat and let my daughter determine how much I do or don't help, right? This is her party. This is her (laughs) friends. I don't want to embarrass her. I want to let her have a good time. But 15 minutes in, I'm like, They're just standing there looking at each other going, I don't know. What do you think we should do? And I'm like, (laughs) Chloe, do you want me to help now? (laughs) So anyway, had a great time. Um, (laughs) I also learned that for an overthinker, escape rooms can be really frustrating. (laughs) Because you're looking at every little thing and thinking, does this mean something? Surely Um, other people have gotten this. Why aren't aren't I getting this? (laughs) Well, some of the clues were like, really? Come on. That was a stretch. And then other clues were like, uh, we should have figured that out. Well, anyway, the best part was in the third room. So the first room is like a sitting room. The second room was a bathroom. And then the third room was like an engine room or a boiler room. That room was the most fun because the challenge in that one was that there were sections of the piping that were incomplete. And there was a toolbox full of metal plumbing parts that you had to assemble in such a way to get those sections of piping complete. Once you did, you turned on a lever for the air and that shot out all these little ping pong balls from a pipe on the other end. And each of those ping pong balls had a symbol on it. But because the floor was slanted, they all rolled to one corner of the room 
And then you had to one by one go through the ping pong balls and flip these switches to the symbol that was on the. It was a really fun time. They did a really good job. So shout out to this place. Uh, if you're in central Ohio, I highly recommend it. Uh, I'm going to look them up. But yeah, that was a fun experience. And uh, I don't know if you guys have ever tried escape rooms or if you ever would. I've never tried one. I totally would try one. That's that. I love puzzles. I have, I have not. Um, I'm afraid that um, if there was like a fake bathroom, I would make the mistake of thinking that was the real bathroom. <laughs> would possibly poop on a clue. So just got to be careful. Make sure I understand the theme. Before we get started, that's a very. How would you go about ordering DoorDash to an escape room? <laughs> yeah, exactly. could you please bring it to the final clue, please? <laughs> yeah. So shout out to Escape Room USA Columbus. They did a great job, and uh, we got out with four minutes and fifty seconds to spare. Ooh. We uh, used all three of our clues and had two extra clues. The first one we had to turn around in the circles three times. And the second time when we were Dang. so close to the end, the very, very, very nice people. Oh, they give you a walkie talkie. So you get to you get to talk to the people who are watching you and listening to you on cameras in a little control room situation. They could tell we were getting close and we wasted a lot of time in the first room. So they said, uh, just turn around three more times and we'll give you the last clue. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> so they were very they were very nice about it but we had a good time and uh yeah shout out the escape room usa columbus the number one on trip advisor in fun and games in columbus oh there you go there you go anything else guys uh just watch taylor Thompson has a new special on netflix have it all Corey, was that i think you went to see that Tour. Yeah, yeah. We we joked on the podcast in previous episodes that uh, Dylan and I's cousin Connor uh, got me a tickets and had the wrong night, and so we did a do over. And we that material that we saw that night uh, in Columbus, I believe, is most of the material from that new special. Yeah, it was good. I don't think it was her best, but I enjoyed it. Uh, and then she's also got a new late show game show. Kind of thing you can watch oh. uh, if you're into that. That's kind of fun. Not Where from, is that? Gosh, I want to say it's CBS. Okay. I, to be honest, I tuned into the first bit of the first episode and tuned back out pretty quick. But um, it doesn't mean it hasn't picked up or or done better since. Um, I think the idea of her hosting a show or stepping outside of straight stand-up comedy is a good idea. I don't know if this will be the show that like works that really is great for her. But um, I do like that idea. I do think she's got a, some really good kind of relatable banter and mannerisms and her stage performance. I think that's all great. So it's if yeah. this doesn't work out, I don't think it's a reflection of her um, combination of a room of writers, I'm sure. And, you know, producers and stuff like that. But, um solid special still and then uh i started watching because of how uh crazy the reviews are for dune 2 so far uh crazy positive i started watching dune i don't have any idea what's going on but i like it so far uh so so i've got that masters of the air is so great um i've still got uh, several other things bad more the final season of bad batch is going to be starting soon ufl is starting at the end of march uh, yeah. So lots of lots of stuff on and coming and in uh, in progress. Uh, at the end of the year, beginning of the year, Taylor was uh, it was announced that Taylor got the the hosting job for After Midnight. It's a new series on CBS and Paramount Plus. It's a Stephen Colbert production. Um, so she's essentially an, one of the many late night hosts, but a really big uh, honor for somebody in stand-up um she's blowing up so not surprising mm -hmm. many other stand-up uh comics were very excited for her to land that role and think she'll be perfect for it but yeah so after midnight on cbs and paramount plus we did a deep dive on dune like what like a year year and a half ago yeah. uh, 
I had started with the 1984 version. Yeah, that'll get you even more confused. Woo! Uh, Even if you've already seen the newer one. Yeah. Uh, They cover much more of the book, uh, but it's way weird. and It's way weirder than the book is, for sure. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, what are you thinking of doing? I mean, you said you're watching it, so it tells me you didn't finish it. Yeah, I've started it. Uh, it's good. It's just, it's weird. Um, I appreciate that. Um, well, I don't, I don't want to say that there's a strategy. There's sometimes there's a strategy with something like sci-fi and a lot of made up terms and terms. Sometimes they don't play down to the audience. They just say they keep introducing things and you'll just get it, uh, eventually or you won't. Maybe that's what they're doing here. Maybe they felt like they didn't need to because it was a remake and they felt like a lot of the it's a book and it's been a movie already. They didn't feel like they had to explain that's a good point. Yeah. some of that. Maybe that's why I don't mind. I'm smart enough to get it eventually, even if I'm not, not smart enough to get it right away. But I'm just I'm trying to understand not only <laughs> um, not understand, I guess I just haven't watched enough yet to fully understand the political dynamic and this sort of magical element and um, the sort of economic elements of the, the, the sand dust and you want to know how the system works. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a, there's There's they've got this whole economy like that's there's an economy and there's politics. The surface of the planet is somehow very important. (laughs) There's magic and there's creatures and, um, there's some technology, but then some things are very, you know, Mystic. very basic. Um, so there's just a lot. So it's, it's, I'm enjoying it so far. I just, I watched, I don't know, maybe an hour of the movie. I enjoyed it. I just had to turn it off. Um, so I had something else to do, but I liked it. It's good. I, I'm enjoying it. Um, but it's not like Star Wars where when they introduce something new, you're already familiar with 80% of the elements and you've just got some new characters and, right you know, maybe a new race to deal with or a new planet, but you're already familiar with most of it. Um, or something like Star Trek, again, where you like the crew is the same. You're just dealing with a new planet or a new race. This is yeah. just all new. So it's just totally new kind of sci-fi world that's clearly been thought out and built up. Um, but yeah, I like it so far. I, I finished Killers of the Flower Moon. Um, very good ending, very good acting. Could have been an hour and 45 minute, two hour movie. Um, I know we talked about that a little bit last week. I don't change my position on it. Could have been a lot shorter. Um, but the subject matter is important and the, the quality of the film was good overall. Just definitely an editing thing. Um, but uh, yeah, so Dune is so far so good. And then um, I was kind of prompted to watch it because, like I mentioned, so much of the reviews for the second one are already like this movie is incredible, you know? And then it was like, okay, I've got to go back and watch the first Dune. Um, if this is like a cinematic masterpiece, then I've got to watch the yeah. first so I can watch the second one. I wonder if I'm trying to remember how the, how it works. So core, did you, re- did you read Dune? No. Okay. So there's multiple books in Dune, like in the novel. And if I remember correctly, the I don't think the '84 version goes all the way through it. I'm pretty sure the new one, like, basically stops at the end of the first book within Dune. There is, but like, there is like a essentially a Dune too. There is a sequel to the original novel as well. And so I'm wondering if they just jump to that and make a whole new film, or if they're continuing the story in the original Dune novel. I don't know the answer to that question. And yeah. I want to f- figure that out because if I've not read all of the sequel and if, and I would want to do that before watching it. I'm sure we'll be talking about Dune two soon, which will tie back to talking about Dune one again. Yeah. Uh, just because that movie's out or coming out. So I remember when Sherry and I's nephews were reading through it or one of them at least. And and I was like, how are you enjoying the book? Cause I'm about to start the movie from 1984. And he said, there's just so much world building. Like they're yeah. just explaining so much about all the th- questions you just asked. The book goes into unnecessary amounts of detail on yeah. 
these factions of people, and That's then there's these this group of witches, and then there's so, this, all this other stuff. Yeah, that didn't bother me at all. Like I thought, yeah. Dune was a, was an amazing read. Yeah, no, he's just saying there's just a lot. Like, so if you don't like that, was his point? Then you're not right. going to like this. If you like somebody like painting the picture for yeah. you, yeah, and like I was specifically going to ask you to like. So my perspective, from my perspective, when I'm watching the movie, and they've got like the you know. She's got this weird box. He makes him put her his hand in. That's that's toward the beginning. Have you seen that? Yeah. Like it was that one of the weird mystic. I don't understand what just happened. Parts for you. Well, it is in the sense that nothing had been explained yet. So like clearly, right? right. That's what I'm asking. Yeah, it's like it doesn't bother me, but it's just like I don't know what he went through yet. But clearly, this is some kind of torture meant to be a test. So I guess I feel I feel like in the book by the time that is over. Like you already know what happened, you already know what what the box is, why it was being done. Yeah, and interesting. Yeah, it's, so it doesn't bother me. It's just like I I'm okay. I'm old. I've watched enough things and been around long enough. Where I'm like, okay, if this is important, they'll explain it to me. And if it's not, it was some kind of test, and he passed. Yeah. So I'll just keep watching. But also. For anyone who's been watching through the Marvel Cinematic Universe for the last 20 years, like you, there's been a lot of stuff introduced that you didn't get the answers to that you just kind of go, well, maybe we'll circle back to this. Maybe we won't. I guess we'll find out. That's right. And all of Jim Gaffigan, just one more time so that everybody can understand. I read a book. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. That's all. That's all I have to say. Well, I've got, Ooh, I've got, I, sorry, go yeah. ahead. No, I was just going to say mine's short and sweet. I'm now down to just four episodes of Yellowstone left okay. in the entire series from what, from what's available uh, to be determined, I guess, if they're going to do the show without Kevin Costner, but I don't, nah. I don't know that. So I feel like I'm savoring these last four episodes. So much has happened in this series. I've, I've loved every minute of it, but it feels like unless something really big kicks off in the last four episodes, it feels like it's going to end quieter than some of the other things that have happened in the series. Like some really big things have happened. I'm kind of looking to Kendall to like see what, but it feels like it might end quieter than a lot of the other major things that have happened in this show based on what's going like they're just quietly having a picnic while they're like branding the new calves in the pasture and like yeah beth is still you know got the one brother wrapped around her finger nothing really crazy's happening there's no major wars or gunfights it's just like kind of quiet and i'm like is this how so i could laugh at what i'm now saying yeah. in a week or two but smaller implications there's there's a lot of there's a lot of like character um, tension, right? Yes. Even though it's slow in action, there's a lot of relationship yes. stuff that's heavy. Yes. Yeah. But like the the whole thing where they the entire family got attacked by a group of people, that yeah, felt like pretty epic and cinematic. That feels and done. A lot of that stuff isn't happening now. It's now we're looking smaller. at like legal repercussions of things and. Yeah things like that yeah yeah so so it's been such a wonderful show i'm sad to to be winding it down which is why i'm savoring these last four episodes of season five yeah but it's been wonderful i'm glad you uh recommended it um kendall so that's all i got and i'm still reading rain wilson's book uh soul boom i'm i'm pretty into it and really enjoying it so i do read too books are cool yeah yeah i read um or at least did. Uh, for me, we talked about WWE already. Uh, I did mention last week that I was, or a couple of weeks ago, that I was rushing through one thing to try to get to the bear. And I finished Fargo. It was good. Some seasons I liked better than others. Uh, I don't know if they're making more seasons. If they are, I'll watch them. The bear... I got like two and a half episodes in and had to call it quits. Mm. Um, I don't, I don't do that often, but I, it was just so 
really hard for me to get into. And uh, I, don't, I don't know exactly why. Like, I guess I honestly, like, I just, I just maybe I, I don't care about the characters that much. Like, it, it was taking them too long to get me to care about the characters or something. I don't know what it was. Hot take. A lot of people love the bear. And some people that I respect are saying things like the bear is probably the best thing that's been on TV in a long time. And uh, I tried. I wanted, I wanted to like the bear. I don't like the bear. But then I was watching it on Hulu. And then uh, I realized that I had yet to watch season three of Only Murders in the Building. So, oh, yeah. Uh, so I'm doing that now. It's a fun season. Yeah. So I'm doing that. I think it was three where I feel like Sherry and I were like, this started slow and then it really got, it really got going and it yeah. felt like one of the most fun seasons by the end. So cool. Yeah. Great show. Yeah. Bummed about the bear. I have to give that uh, a shot. But I, I would certainly recommend people to try it. It's artsy, which is fine. I, I like artsy. I'm okay with that. Um, it's just the plot isn't doing it for me. So. Hey, and that's perfectly okay. Well, you know what else is exciting? Uh, Artius Man has some new flavors of candles, and you should go check out their website to find out what those scents are. You're going to like them. I know I will. Uh, Artius Man makes amazing men's grooming stuff, especially for those with facial hair. Look at Dylan rocking his, his ginger beard over there. He's a sexy beast. And you know what he's going to use on that beard? Artius Man. And you should use Artius Man on your facial hair as well. Go to artiusman.com, A-R-T-I-U-S-M-A-N.com. When you fill your cart with about $1,250 worth of stuff, use promo code THEMIDDLE at checkout to get 25% off of that order. That means you'll only pay. And that'll be good for you, good for them, good for us. It helps us out, helps them out. And like we said before, we would love for you to weigh in on all these topics we've brought up. The ways that you can do that are in the description below. We have a link tree, one link to rule them all. Find the place where you can get a hold of us, reach out to us, give us your comments, feedback, thoughts, topics we should consider for future episodes. And we're still doing uh, questions from the middle. So answers from the middle, whatever we're calling that segment, we would love to give you bad answers or maybe good answers, thoughtful answers to your questions about any of these things and more. Uh, is that it, guys? Works for see me. Ne- see you next week. Episodes drop every Wednesday morning. We love you. Thanks for listening. Be kind to each other. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.